Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome to another edition of Sports Urban Legend. Along with my co-host Macaulay Matthew, I'm of course William Ramo. What's up, Mac? How you doing? Yeah, what's up? How's it going? I'm doing okay, man. You know, glad to do this show with you, as always. Yeah, likewise. And thanks again, man. And uh, of course, ladies and gentlemen, you know, if you wanna talk sports entertainment. You're at the right place. On today's show, you know, we'll talk about the Kobe Bryant Memorial, uh, the latest hot, you know, um, you know, spring training news with the Mets and the Yankees, and even this ongoing Astro saga. Um, we'll talk about the Knicks after their big win against the Bulls. And then, of course, you know, we're going to talk about the Brady possibly going to the Giants and, and leaving the Patriots what my thoughts on that, and uh, last but not least, give you our thoughts about all the big news that went down in, um, at the Super Showdown on Thursday. But most importantly, the number is 563-999-3529. That's 563-999-3529. So feel free to talk about any of these topics and more. We'd love to hear from you. But without further ado, let's um, talk about, um, you know, the big news that happened in the sports world. And, of course, you know, the sports world, you know, they paid their respects to one of the greatest players of all time who who was gone way too soon, you know. Um, and of course, I'm talking about Kobe Bryant. And um, you know, he, they had the memorial for him and his his uh, daughter uh, Gianna. And um, it was a, a touching tribute for a man who who uh, impacted the sports and entertainment world in uh, you know a two decade span. And you know all the you know. His peers like Jordan, um, Shaq, I mean, the list goes on. You know, they all paid their respect, you know, at the Staples Center, the place that uh, Kobe called home, you know, since the, you know, the late 90s. Yep. And, um, you know, everybody, there was a bunch of touching speeches like Jordan and you know, of course, most notably his uh, his widow uh, Vanessa. But uh, you know, it was a uh, you know I didn't see the the whole thing. I saw the the highlights, or you know, I mean, I guess you can't even really call it highlights. The you know the I guess the main points of the speeches, and um, it was a rightful tribute to you know a man who's uh, who impacted. You know the city of LA, and and the the whole entire world. So, 
again, my thoughts and prayers, you know, go out to Vanessa, uh, you know, his parents and, you know, um, Kobe's daughters and, and everybody else who's been directly affected by his tragedy, you know, his daughter's tragedy and all the other, um, you know, victims of, uh, you know, the horrible crash. Yeah, it is a it was a very beautiful memorial slash ceremony. You had Michael Jordan, Shaq there giving speeches. Diane Diane Taurasi, mm-hmm. um, of course his wife Vanessa. Yeah, it's it's very touching. Beautiful ceremony. I thought Michael Jordan gave the best speech of the night. You know about reflecting on uh, his conversations with. Kobe Bryant and how Kobe used to always bother him by texting him at night, late hours. Uh, and, um, yeah, Jordan had a lot of tears. I've never seen Jordan cry that much, you know, and yeah. he even uh, said that uh, he told his wife, you know, before the ceremony that he would try not to cry. So that way uh, he wouldn't see a, a, another Jordan meme for the next several years, but he did end up crying a lot. And, uh, yeah, I just hope that people won't use that as a meme, you know, because that would be very, you know. Tasteless. Tasteless, yeah. So, but, yeah, it's it was a beautiful ceremony, very touching. Yeah, you know, I totally agree with you, man. Um, and uh, the celebration, you know, and uh, tribute to Kobe, man, it's going to go on for at least this year, you know, because – the Lakers, they're one of the best teams in basketball. It's not the best team. You know, of course, the Bucks. you know, are, are the Lakers and the Bucks are most likely going to battle it out for the finals. But, um, you know, and not to mention, you know, Kobe dying at such a young age, you know. At least he was 41 when he, when he passed. So, um yeah, the, he he's always he's he's gonna continue to be, I mean, for you know, for a very long time. Not to mention the yes, All Star Game, you know, they they um they award the winner the Kobe Bryant Trophy. So, and then of course you know he's going into the Hall of Fame posthumously. So, you know he this is this is not gonna be the last we hear about, you know the. The the you know much deserved uh, tributes yeah. this year. So again, my condolences. Okay, rest in peace, Kobe, Gigi, and the other victims in that crash. Um, Kobe. Um, you know, shif- shifting gears. Um, to the to the Knicks, and um. Knicks finally, finally got a, a victory, you know, um, against the the Bulls, their former rivals, when uh, Jordan, the aforementioned Michael Jordan, terrorized us, you know, on the basketball court, most notably the fifty-five point game, a long, long time ago, I think it was ninety-five when he um, scored fifty-five points in a playoff game, even though he had the flu. Not the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, not the, not, the, not the coronavirus. Even though it wouldn't stop him, even if he did back in those days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would kill us, man. My goodness. 
goodness. Uh, I'm still having nightmares with him and, and Reggie Miller torturing us in the worst possible ways. Yeah, well. My goodness. But, um, but the Knicks won today? Yeah, they won today. Uh, I think it was, what was it, 125-111 or something? Something to that point. Mitchell Robinson had his best game. He had 23 points, um, 10 rebounds, I think, the two block shots. Uh, R.J. Barrett, I think he had 19 points. Kevin Knox, you know, he came out of the witness protection agency, <laughs> and he scored, like, 12 points, you know. And uh, that was, like, a few days after his father was uh, giving us a warning that, you know, the best is yet to come for his son. Uh, and and uh, Kevin Knox Sr., he, he played for the, uh, you know, the the Buffalo Bills back in the day, so... Uh, you know okay. he's a he's an athlete, and um, you know I think it's, you know I, I you know I, I I tend to agree with his father. You know I think you can't sleep on Kevin Knox, man. I think he he has talent. Will he be a superstar? I don't know about that. I don't, but a star, at least an all star. Yes, I definitely I definitely think he will. He he has that potential, and there's rumors that said that Knicks weren't were reluctant to trading him you know, uh, before the trading deadline. And yeah. um, I, I think that's a, that was a smart move because I think you need to build around Mitchell Robinson, R.J. Barrett, and uh, definitely Kevin Knox for sure. Yeah, Knox has a lot of talent, you know, but, um, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if he'll ever be a superstar. But no. He'll definitely be a guy that you could, you know, rely on coming off the bench. That's possible. I still think he he has a ceil- he has the ceiling to be an an all star. Possibly. I don't, possibly. We'll see. A two time all star that's pushing, but I think he could he could make it as an all star. But then again, he has to have the the right coach, you know, using his talent. You know whether it's well, whether it's Miller or I would assume uh, Tipido. You know Tipido. As a ninety, by you know the rumors, he has a ninety percent chance of uh, coaching the Knicks. Of course, uh, Thibodeau was a former um, Knicks assistant under Van Gundy during those Knicks heydays. You know when they were battling Jordan's, uh, you know Bulls and the Heat. Uh, this was this was the Michael Jordan day day man. I, this is like the what third time in this show already. I'm mentioning Jordan. Yeah, Jordan should pay you. <laughs> he should pay you. <laughs> this show has been sponsored by the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> but yeah, he should, he definitely should, and, uh, especially for all the grief he he's put me through. He should pay. He should he should put me in therapy and pay for my bills. Sure. <laughs> But um, yeah, um, Tipito has a ninety percent chance of um, you know, um, being the next Knicks coach, you know, yep. if they do fire, um, you know, Mike Miller, yeah. who I mean to his credit, he, the Knicks have improved under his um his watch. I mean, it's not saying much because the Knicks are, like what twenty games under five hundred, so. Right. But um. Yeah, the well, they had a good, you know, they had a good games from the the 
you know, the, from the players today. You know, Randall had, like, I think 23 points as well, um, 10 rebounds. And, um, yeah, R- Randall, you know, he he was in a few days ago because he got benched for uh, Bobby Portis in the fourth quarter a few days ago. And usually Randall's the first guy to, you know, um, you know, do interviews. Right. But, you know, he, he left early that game because he wasn't happy, I guess, with the direction of his playing time. But, um, yeah, Randall, he's the only guy on the team other than the young the young guys we got, you know, that's, that's going to be, you know, part of the team for at least the next two years after this year, you know, barring a, a blockbuster trade. So, uh, you know, Randall, Randall definitely, you know, he's definitely a player that they got to, you know, make sure you cannot alienate. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I I like Randall, you know. A lot of people are, you know, are down on him, but I think he has potential. He just has to limit the turnovers. That's mm-hmm. the only thing. Amen to that. He he literally needs to, to <laughs> Randall needs to work on his ball handle. You know, yeah. you know, he is turnover prone, but he he is a very talented guy for sure. I mean, he is. He is. You know, you know, no no doubt chance. about that. I mean, you 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 know what you could say? He could be, he could probably be like like Zach Randolph, you know, a guy who's underrated who scores. But I mean, he if you're gonna have a championship team, he can't be the he can't be the um the lead scorer, even though that's what he basically is with the Knicks. You know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Barry can be a, can definitely be an all star, but oh yeah. He uh he he has some improving to do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, R.J. Barrett got the potential to be a, a multiple multiple time all star. Yeah, you know, and if he reaches his potential, he could be a perennial all star. But yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see how he develops. You know, you know this year. But um, I'm trying to think. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with the, you know, with the Knicks, oh, because uh, apparently in a few days, they're gonna make it official that um, Leon Rose will be the the next um, uh, president of basketball operations for the Knicks, you know, replacing uh, Steve Mills, and. Um, person who who um endorses it was uh you know of course our leading scorer and you know our best leading scorer in modern day history and that's uh Carmelo Anthony you know he he you know he has he was uh Carmelo Anthony's agent you know when you know he was you know a super agent in the league so um Carmelo Anthony endorses the deal and now there's rumors that say that maybe Melo might come back, you know, next year to to come to to the Knicks because there was a rumor that he he was gonna before he signed with the the Portland Trailblazers, and he's doing a a, a good job with the, the Trailblazers, 
I think he might even score 30 points recently too. But um, there was rumors before he signed with the Portland Trailblazers that he was going to re-sign with the Knicks if the Knicks, um, you know, big plans of getting Durant and um, Kyrie Irving would have um, came to fruition, which, you know, of course, as we all know, it hasn't worked out for the Nets because uh, Kyrie Irving has still proven to be injury-prone. And, of course, we all knew from the get-go Durant had his first major injury um, in the, um, you know, before the before the NBA Finals and, of course, um, during the NBA Finals, which basically sealed his fate uh, with uh, the Golden State Warriors. And that team still hasn't re- that team still hasn't uh, rebounded from his departure and Klay uh, Thompson's departure and even Curry's injuries as well. So yeah, Warriors Warriors is um you know they want they're arguably the worst team to lead right now, which is shocking. You know, but that's what injuries do to you. Yep. But um. Shifting gears, um, baseball. Speaking of injuries, Luis Severino, your boy, he's um, he's injured, man. He's gonna be gone for the rest of the year again, and that's a big, that big blow for the Yankees, man. And this 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 proves why them uh, signing Garrett Cole was even more important because, you know, not only did they wanted. Uh, an ace of Garrett Cole's caliber to add to their rotation, but with Severino being hurt, it you know it really proves that it was a necessity that he got a guy of Garrett Cole's um, ability, a guy who potentially could be the best pitcher in baseball if the man known as J- Jacob Degrom didn't exist. But we shall see. Yeah, um, this kind this injury does suck big time because you know expecting to have Severino back, but you know sounds sounds like he's been dealing with this shoulder soreness since the playoffs, and so he, I don't know why he waited so long to now finally decide to let people know, and now he has to have Tommy John surgery because of it, so he's going to miss the season. Fortunately for the Yankees, you know they have. Severino missing the season, you know, they do have Jordan Montgomery back. And I think Montgomery being in a rotation this year is going to help us significantly because uh, when he pitched a couple of years ago, he looked really good. Looked really good. And um, he had a great outing today in spring training, I, I saw. So I think he can be an X factor, you know. Once we also get um, Paxton back, who's also been battling an injury, he'll He'll probably be back in June, probably around the same time that Domingo Herman comes back from his suspension. I think this rotation should be fine. You know, uh, right now we got Cole, we got Tanaka, we got Hap. You know, if Hap gives us, you know, the bit, even if he gives us 50% of the Hap that uh, we got from Toronto, that will be good enough. You know, so um, having Montgomery, you know, as a fourth starter, I think that's going to be uh, 
that's going to be a big benefit to the Yankees. You know, he's healthy this year. Hopefully, he doesn't get injured, and and hopefully, we are stabilized until you know, Paxton comes back and Herman comes back later in the year. But uh, it is a big blow that Severino is going to be out. But I think the Yankees will survive. I mean, look at last year; they had all you know all those injuries, still managed to win 100 games and almost go to the World Series. So. We'll see. I mean, you're absolutely right, man. I mean, they had a lot of guys come up, Voight, Arcella, and then, you know, um, you guys got the, the starting pitching, you know. You got the young guys, Montgomery, uh, Delby Cruz, Loisaga. You know, you guys have some, you know, some depth. Yeah. And, of course, it would Garrett Cole. And, you you guys wanted to run out uh, J J Hap out of town, but now now you guys are glad that you got the 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 app the the Hap app, you know, because yeah. stuff happens, you know. So now you got that veteran guy, you know, in the in the rotation. He's still in the rotation and didn't get traded. And um, you know, you guys are you guys are gonna be fine, you know. Yeah, I um, think uh, I think we should no be doubt. okay. And if you guys need 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 to make a move to improve the team, you guys always have the resources to um to um acquire that talent with this free yeah. agency or or you know to, through a trade. So you guys are in good shape. Yep, I think we should be we should be fine. And then you you switch gears with the Mets. And um, you know they're um, they're they're basically playing through spring training. Uh, uh, Edwin Diaz, he um, his first outing in spring training didn't look good. Gave up two runs. I mean that that's I mean spring training, but the way how this guy, you know, he's like the six million dollar man. You know they they have the tools to rebuild them. Pedro and. And you know, work on his mechanics and all this stuff. You know, like, you know, this guy is supposed to have a bounce back year if the Mets are going to, you know, have any semblance of living up to their their potential. You know, because last year they they finished three games out of the second wild card, and I I believe this to this day. I've been saying on this show all year long last year. That if they didn't have that bullpen, and even more importantly, if they didn't have Mickey Callaway as the manager mismanaging the bullpen, they would have been a playoff team. I have no doubt in my mind about that. What's done is done. Familiar had his worst year, and Diaz had his worst year. And those are the two top relievers that they had, you know, on paper. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. he has had the resume for Mariners, and if familiar, I mean, he's 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 one of the the, the one of the best Mets closers of all time, you know. And unfortunately, you know, he hadn't have, you know, familiar hasn't had a, a a worser outing since the the 2015 World Series, you know, so. Familiar, he needs to bounce back. You know, I, you know, I have, I have, I have cautious confidence that 
they could bounce back, but I, Diaz, I don't know, man. I, I, I believe Familia could bounce back more than Diaz, and Diaz is who they they need the most. So they really need those guys. And then, you know, you got Lugo, who who was their arguably their best reliever last year. He had like a, I think a, a pinky toe injury, so that's gonna send him back in spring training. And uh, last year he couldn't go back to pitch back to back games, which is a necessity when you're when you're a reliever. So, you know, you know the the Mets have the the pitching depth, you know, and, but they got a three man battle for the fifth rotation, you know, for the, you know. Uh, the the fourth and fifth spot, you know. Of course, you know they got the Grom, they got Syndergaard, they got um, Strowman, who pitched um, well in uh, spring training. Um, I'm trying to think, and then you got three men battling for two two spots of the rotation. You have Mats, who deserves the spot because he's he's pitched well these last two years. He actually stayed healthy after years of being injury prone. And then you got Porcello, who, in my most humble opinion, should be the fifth starter. And then you have Michael Waka, who used to be, you know, a great pitcher, you know, um, on the the, the, the Cardinals staff. So most notably in 2013. But in my opinion, this guy should be going to the bullpen, being yeah. being a you know, a six man, six, you know, six man, occasional six man rotation, you know, mm-hmm. possibility because they don't owe Michael Walker nothing, man. Michael Walker, man, he could, he could, he could go back to the Muppets and be a, a, a you know, <laughs> what's his name? Fazi Soundbite, man, you know, catchphrase because Michael Walker hasn't done nothing for the, for the mess, man. He needs to fall back. You know, either he accept this role as a, I know they apparently they gave they said he could he has the potential to be a starter because as of right now, all three of these guys want to be starters. You know, Porcello. I mean, they gave him ten year, one year, ten million dollars. Obviously, he's a starter, and his resume backs it up. Even though he had a horrible twenty nineteen year, uh, Matt's. You know, the last two years he's you know he's finally lived up his his potential as you know that. Um, that lefty that we have in the rotation, a guy I I've always believed in, you know, since his since he debuted with the Mets, growing up a Mets fan in Long Island, his his grandpa, you know, um, cheering him on in the in the stands. He, he's also a huge Mets fan, and um, Mass man ability to hit as a pitcher. You know, you can't you can't um, you can't what you will call it um. Can't you can't forget that? That's a very important part of the mm-hmm. game. Which obviously, you know, the 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 commissioner wants to get rid of that because as early as next year, the DH might be universal. Which I'm not a fan of it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love interleague play. You know, I like I like the the ability to sometimes play interleague and play the DH occasionally. You know, but as a National League and a baseball purist, um, I think the league should stay, you know, unique. You know yep, what I mean? Yep. So, 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I think it should stay. You know, the National League should just should have the pitchers should have the pitchers hit. Yeah, I agree. You know, or have the option of you know maybe if they want to make it modernized, they can have both National League managers agree before the game whether they want to use the DH or not, if that's what they want to do. If they're so hell-bent on having the DH in the National League, you know, that that would be the compromise. But I don't think, you know, having a, the DH rule shoved down the throats of the National League managers is the best way to do it. But what do I know? I'm just a fan. so. Well, you yeah, know, yeah. then again, hey, um, you know, I know you're, you know, you want to stick with the traditional thing, you know, sticking with the DH, with the non, no DH, having the pitchers hit. But again, this is 2020. We're not, this is not 1820. This is not 1920. You know, pitchers, if if they can't hit, what's the point of having them in the lineup? And there's no strategy in that. I don't, I mean, wouldn't you want uh, we, don't you want to go against the best hitters? Don't you want your pitcher to face the best hitters? Right? So add the DH, if that's the case. You know, and, and then you'd match up well with the AL. A lot of times the NL, they don't match up well with the AL because of that reason, because they have the pitcher hitting or batting in the, the pitcher batting in the lineup. You know, it doesn't make any sense. The pitcher 90% of the time is automatic out. So I don't get why you wouldn't want to use the DH. I mean, it just makes more sense. I mean, you get more hitting in the National League. I mean, forget strategy. I mean, you could you could strategize you could strategize without having the pinch hitter for the pitcher. You know, I don't get it. Explain that to me. Okay, I'll try to do my best. The the National League. I mean, obviously, other than it's. It's been aside, like I mean, aside from you being a purist and want to mm-hmm. stick with a, what benefit does it have continuing to go this way? The aside strategy. from be, being, you know, keeping the tradition. The strategy is that, you know, when you're going against the other team's ace or your ace is throwing well, you have that, that dilemma whether or not you want to take your guy out of the game, you know, for offense or you um you keep your ace in to try to, you know, throw, you know, potentially throw a, a heroic game. You know what I mean? Well, and but yeah, but you could do that without that hey, anyway. You you could you could keep your pitcher in the game without even doing that. Yeah, but if you don't, but with the with the DH, you don't have the you don't. There's no pressure for you to take out your pitcher. Your pitcher could pitch the whole game if he wanted to. Right. Because, exactly. Because there's no there's no there's no strategy of of, of taking him out of the game because. Let's say your guy is, you know, throwing seven strong innings and, yeah. um, you know, one run ball, but you need that offense. So what's the dilemma? You, you either you, you keep your pitcher in the game and hope your your guy who's uh, yeah, like I like you said, you, is usually ninety nine ninety percent of the time, maybe ninety to ninety five percent of the time, uh, 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 automatic out. Right. You have that option. You have that option of keeping your, your, your pitcher in the game because he is your best option to, for you to win. Or you go for on uh, offense and go to the pen and you hope that you have a good, to, um, you know, to, um, to um, validate that move. 
So, but without the DH, but without the DH, without the without the DH rule, you don't have to make that option because you could just throw your pitcher out there, and um, basically you don't even have to you don't even have to use your your bullpen or bring in a you know a, what you want to call it you know your your um spark plug you know scrappy base hitter you know a, a pinch hitter off the bench because essentially you're going to have you, you could put your 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 the um that guy to play off the you know the whole game because he, oh, he since he's a defensive liability you could have him start the game or have your star player who's injured or aging plays a DH, so you don't even really pinch hitter, to be honest. It, you know, it doesn't it, – that, that. it still doesn't make sense because you don't – if you have the DH in the game at the beginning of the game, you don't have to worry about putting offense at the end of the game. You won't have to worry about that. That's my so, point. You don't, you don't have to worry about it because there's no strategy because you, you don't have to worry about taking your best starter out because there's no strategy. Exactly. To, so you're making my the point. American League. You're making no, my point. My yeah, point so is the, the, there's no strategy in the American League. All you gotta do is just put your best nine hitters out there and just just sit down and, and, and kick up your, your 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 shoes and relax your feet and just rest on a hammock and, and see your guys score nine runs and, and go home five hours later. Yeah, I mean, but, that's that's basically but, but yeah, that's but that's the whole point. That's the whole point of the game. The whole point is to score to win, right? Oh, and but with the pitcher thing, you could keep your pitcher regardless. There's no strategy in that. If your pitcher, if your pitcher starting throughout, you know, you keep him for the for the entirety of the game, depending on how he's pitching. There's no strategy in that with the keeping the. The having a pinch hitter come up to bat for him. I mean, there's that's an entirely different thing. You know, you can have the DH, you know, hitting and keep your pitcher in the game at the same time. Um, the only strategy is going to be the bullpen. You know, what guys are going to be using, you know, to replace the pitcher once he tires out. I mean, that's the only strategy really that you need to think about. But other than that, I mean, you won't even have to worry about offense near the end of the game, if you already have the DH in there from the, from the get-go. I mean, I don't get it. So, I mean, there's little strategy involved right now in the National League, to be honest, right? What? There's little strategy in the National League right now, even with the pitcher hitting. What do you – I mean, there's, there's strategy the whole game. There's double switches. There's, you know – um you know, base running, base runners. I mean, you have to worry more so about that in the National League. Bunting, you know what I mean? You you guys don't, you guys don't have to suicide Players should know how to bunt anyway. I mean, that that's that, that shouldn't be something that you, should be a strategy. Players should automatically know how to bunt and base run and do stuff. Well, if you need to get someone off the bench to do that, then that's then that's on the players. Well, tell that to the Met players because they don't, a lot of them don't know how to put for their <laughs> that, it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. Especially we either do a double switch because this play could run better and this play could um, uh, is better in defense. I mean, the, the players that are starting should already know how to do that. You know. I mean, I agree with that aspect, but I mean, you 
you should have options. I'm all, you know what I mean? I'm all for having options, you know, but. You could still have options. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the DH, you could, the, you could substitute the DH. The DH is not, you know, automatic to stay in the game. You know, I've seen, like, games where, you know, the DH gets swapped out for a, a player off the bench. Well, yeah. Or the DH I, gets moved to first base, and then they bring in another player off the bench. So you could still use strategy in those cases, but, you know, tell me that, you know, you're going to be doing double switching because the player is better defensively or better off of this. That's, that's not a good excuse, you know, because these yeah. players that are starting should already know how to do those things. I agree. But DHs, most of the time, they don't have a, they don't have a glove. You know, they just hit first and they, they play defense eventually. Well, that's what I'm saying. The DH, you could still swap out the DH. The DH is pretty much a pinch hitter that's starting throughout the whole game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you could still swap, you could still bring in a, you could still switch him with someone that could play defense. Well, of course. You know, if that's the case. But then you're going to sacrifice your offense. Well, there are times where you could move, like a lot of DHs play first base sometimes. Well, so a lot of times you could move the DH. If he's good defensive, you can move him to first base, and then you could bring a guy off the bench who can hit or field. You know, it, it depends. It depends. But I think you could still use strategy. You know, that excuse is that, you know, removing the hitter is not going to – is going to remove strategy at all. That's, I think that's a little bit off. You know, it's a little bit BS there. I don't know. Yeah, but you won't have to – in the American League, you won't have to worry about taking your pitch out. You know what I mean? You just leave your your pitcher in. I mean, unless if he he tires, that's the only that's the only strategy you take. Shouldn't on. that shouldn't that be a good thing? <laughs> you know, if he's pitching think, good, you should leave him in. Well, of course, I agree with that. But you know, you should. You know what I mean? A pitcher should be rewarded for his you know him pitching well. You know, right? There should, but there should be that option that should I keep my guy in there or should I go for the offense? You know, there should be that. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's why I like interleague, you know, sometimes, you know, you can, um, you know, you could play a aging player or a player that's hurt, make him DH, and you don't have to worry about it. You know, it makes it unique. But when you have to do it all the time, you know, you, you know, you prevent the chances of, you know, the pitchers or, you know, of getting like their first major league hit or and stuff like that. You know, I think, you know, I, I think pitchers should, should be able to hit. You know, but but a lot of them can't hit. That's the thing. That's the problem. <laughs> you know, a lot of them, a lot of them are easy outs. That's a, if they could hit, then I could then you could make a good argument for it. But a lot of times these pitchers are bunting. They're sw- they're just swinging at nothing, or they're not swinging at all. I mean, it's like it's. I mean, a lot of people say baseball is boring. Watching mm-hmm. the pitchers hit, that's boring enough. Well, what about going to the bullpen all the time, man? That's boring too because uh, these these bullpen people can't pitch no more. Like they just they just pitch like have four or five relievers in in one inning. Like, but if you have a certain pitcher who can go deep, you know what I mean? Like, as a strategy, and you don't have and you know you have to worry whether or not you have to take him out of the game or keep him in the game depending on how your offense is doing. That's a strategy that you know the American League doesn't really have to deal with on a on a bigger level. 
Yeah, I mean, don't you want it to be a little bit easier, a little complex? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying, like, there should be options, you know. You know, I I don't get it. I don't don't get it. I I guess we'll just agree to disagree, man. Let's let's move on to the, um, you know, um, what you would call it, um, the rumor about Tom Brady leaving uh the, the 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 Patriots and possibly signing with your with your Giants. Well oh, no, I mean, that's not gonna happen. Never. Well you stole the words from my mouth, you know. That, that that's not gonna happen. I mean if he does leave if he does leave the Patriots which I strongly doubt he won't. I mean I strongly doubt that he would. That is the that is the only team I could foresee him going to, in all honesty. But do I think yeah, out of all the teams, you nah. know, Tennessee Titans, and I forgot what other team they might have said. But, but um, yeah, I I don't see him leaving the Patriots. It it doesn't make any sense for him, you know, you know, being you know at least forty years old, and um, you know, going to another team, signing a big contract, you know, might I you might I add, and. You know, to try to prove that he could still play and he could play without Belichick. I mean, there's no point. Doesn't he should just play it safe? You know, in his career, in, you know, in uh, New England, or just retire. There's nothing from to. There's nothing from to prove. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, I agree with you. Just I relax, mean, chill. I I agree. There's nothing from to prove. I mean, he's won what six six championships. Six right? championships. Mostly anybody. Like, relax. And you have a fine wife at home, you know, ready to, you know, take a pounding, you know. So, yeah, man, just go home, pound your wife, and sit back, relax, enjoy your millions, and retire. That's what I would do. Yeah, I mean, he should just—he just should just, you know, retire, man, and give the Jets a chance of winning the division for a change. <laughs> you know, about time, man. But geez, yeah. he's not gonna—he's not gonna do it. But if I do see him leaving, Giants would be the only team um, that I could see him signing with. You know, it would be like, you know, it—it'd be like a script. You know, the team that—that that prevented him from winning two titles. And he's essentially replacing the guy who, who kicked his butt in two Super Bowls. I mean, it's it's comical. I mean, you can't write this stuff up, but if you were, you would. That would be how you he he would end up if he would ever leave, the the Patriots, which, to me, makes no sense. Again, I don't see it happening, but we'll see. We, okay, here's another question before we move on to, uh, WWE. What would um if you were um if you were um Gettleman, would you sign Tom Brady or would you stick with Daniel Jones? I'd stick with Daniel Jones, to be honest. You know, let the kid grow, let him let him you know, let him play. You know, don't he just he was just a backup for Eli Manning for the start of the season. Now he's gonna have to back up uh, Tom Brady now. Doesn't make any sense. And Tom Brady's four years old, man. And last year he didn't have a great year. You know, you could start this. You're starting to see him decline a little bit now. 
So I'm not – I don't think I would want Tom Brady on my team. Sorry. I hear you. I mean, you're in the same situation. Would you want Tom Brady on the Jets? Um, would I want Tom Brady on the Jets? Uh, yeah, he's too up there. I mean, it would be it would be interesting to see him wearing you know wearing the uniform of his rival team, but it'd be like having Derek Jeter playing for the Mets, man. I, I you know I can't I can't have a guy who terrorized my team for twenty something years right. come come on my team, man. You better win me a title if that's the case. But other than that, I'm going to say, nah, I'm good. Sorry. Yeah. Plus, the agent, you know, he's aging. You know, he's not the same guy. You know? Yeah, exactly. If he still had it, and if they didn't have Darnold, you know, I'd say, okay, fine. Let's let's steal the Patriots. Let's steal Brady from the Patriots. But in this day and age, you got Darnold. You know, he he's the future. I mean, will he live up to Brady's? Um, you know, resume, no. But if he wins one title, I mean, that's that's more than enough than, than any Jeff fans can ask for, especially fans who, who are in our life to see Joe Namath win one. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I mean, you know, you stick with Darnold, you stick with the plan, and that's what, you know, I assume the Giants will do too. But if, if Tom Brady is... Uh, it's kind of like Durant. It's going to be hard for you to say no to a future Hall of Famer who wants to come to your team. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But, um, yeah, with the Jets, uh, they, you know, they, um, they're rumored to, to keeping Bell, you know, and, uh, you know, re-signing Adams. You know, because he had a, you know, he had a great year with the with the with the Jets. So, you know, hopefully, Joe Douglas uh, in this upcoming draft, uh, you know, can uh, improve this team. You know, because this is his first year as you know as a GM. You know, going into the draft. Because if you remember, Mike McCann got fired four months, I think, after they hired Adam Gase, which basically the guy. Um, Mike McCagnan hired the guy, which was uh, Adam Gase, the head coach, who essentially got him kicked out, kicked him out of the job, <laughs> and then got uh, Joe Douglas to, um, to, you know, to be the GM. So this is the, Douglas's first draft as the as the um, the Jets GM. So you know, we'll see we'll see what happens with that. But lastly. WWE, and um, yeah, man, it was a crazy pay-per-view event, to say the least. Um, you had the um, and I haven't even seen the whole thing yet. I, I only saw like the the ending the the ending of the the battle royale match, which uh, AJ Styles um, won. Um, our our truth apparently did well. He defeated a few people. Um, in the in the battle royale, and then um, Styles was looked looked like he was gonna win because he had t- he had um, the his OC members Anderson and Gallows beat up Rey Mysterio, and then they showed footage backstage of you know Undertaker's boots and you know the you know the bottom of his uh, trench coat um, 
you know, showing that he beat up the um the OC, you know, off camera. And then of course the iconic gong went on and then of course uh it took the Undertaker a half hour to get to the ring and then AJ Styles uh basically tried to um attack him but um you know Undertaker countered and choke slammed them and won the 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 the, the battle oh, royale oh, trophy to why to why he to yeah, wake well, trophy yeah something like that the battle royale which I mean he didn't even qualify for the bat so how it was it an open chat because they had six people so yeah. because he attacked they attacked Rey Mysterio and he walked on I mean he is the Undertaker you know he could he, you know you could change the rules for him you know but he he didn't even he didn't even qualify for the match. But he just he just choke slam him and pins him and win the title the the award that I mean I'm I'm pretty sure Undertaker never you know in a million years thought this would this would be an accolade that he he would dream of. this would this was never part of his boyhood dream in that valley <laughs> to win this prestigious award. But nevertheless, he got the award. Um, let me see what else happened. The New Day lost um, um, to um, Miz and Morrison. I think yep. I, I did predict that. Um, let me see what else. Angel happened. Garza defeated Umberto Carrillo. No, his apparently his cousin. I, I'm assuming in real life as well, but um, yeah, that's his cousin. Um, no surprise there. Uh, I'm trying to think what other matches was there. Um, Mansoor defeated Dolph Ziggler. Mm-hmm. No surprise there. Um, I think he's a he he's from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And you know, hometown guy. Normally, hometown people lose in their hometown, but since he's facing Dolph Ziggler, who, you know, Dolph Ziggler, he he finds amazing ways to lose. You know, that's no surprise he lost. Um. Let me see what else matches was there. The OC uh, people, defeated Viking Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys, they were due for a victory. Yeah. They're the best tag team. The only time, the last time they won was probably the, the, the that the cup in, in the Saudi Arabia. The last time they won, <laughs> the great, the um, world's greatest Royal Rumble of all time. You know, pay per view event. Yeah. A few months ago, that was probably the last time they won something, which was the trophy. Um, I'm trying to think what other, what other matches before the big ones. Well, I guess I'll go to, um, there was what, um, who fought? Was Naomi in that match? Uh, no, I don't think any women fought in this one. Wasn't there, I think there was one woman match. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was. Actually, Bailey defeated Naomi, yeah. Yeah, Bailey defeated Naomi. Yeah. Um, and then you got Brock Lesnar, which... Man, I knew. I mean, I knew. We knew. Like I said, I knew Brock Lesnar was gonna beat him. It was gonna squash him. But I think he beat him like in one minute. Yeah, one minute thirty seconds. <laughs> oh my goodness, yo! WWE have no love for the brothers, man. Cole Case in nine seconds, and then um, and then um, Ricochet is a brother. Yeah, Ricochet is a brother. Yes. Oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think he was? 
I, I thought he was like Italian or something, or you know. <laughs> I mean, he could be. I think he's biracial, but oh, I didn't even know. But, it's the first uh, time could. I've heard of this. No, mm-hmm. well, that's what we do on Sports of Religion. We break, we, we do breaking news, even news mm-hmm. that people don't didn't think they needed to know. No, that's mm-hmm. what we do. Sports and entertainment, and everything else. This would fall under the everything. Well, I guess it would be sports, entertainment, and everything else in this topic. It, it's all of the above. But I digress. Um, what other matches was there? But yeah, I mean, he he loses. I mean, everybody else, all those high flying guys, because Brock Lesnar, um, in recent history. He's he's gotten his butt kicked um, in the match by by small guys like Daniel Bryan, um, Seth Rollins. Well, Seth Rollins the, the guy who actually defeat him, but the small guys like Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, those guys they they give him a, a run for his money until he eventually beats them in the match. Mm-hmm. I mean, Seth Rollins is the only guy who actually beat him. Uh, period. You know, as a smaller guy. And and Seth Rollins did it at WrestleMania and SummerSlam, respectively. Uh, what, what was it last year? So, but but geez, um, Kofi and 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 Ricochet, man, they weren't even in the match. Brock, they, 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 the they the matches their their matches were even sure than Brock Lesnar's entrance. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, wow. Like come I- on. Before, I he even, it, but man. before he even hops into the ring and have the the pyrotechnics, you know, fly out of the the um, you know, the turnbuckles, the match is already over. <laughs> like, come on, it's ridiculous, man. And then I and then I guess, uh, what Becky Lynch defeated Oscar, I think. Uh no, I don't think no, no, no wait, oh no, no wait, 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 I'm talking like no, that Becky Lynch super showdown. No, she didn't fight Super Showdown. There was only that one one woman match. My fault. That WrestleMania, she's fighting Shayna Baszler. Yeah. That goes to what I was saying. Um, Gold Goldberg defeats, um, uh, which we we'll call it uh, Bray Wyatt, which I didn't see that happening. I mean, thinking WWE sense, it makes a lot of sense for them to do that because they want the shock factor of Goldberg. At the age of forty, fifty something years old or fifty years old, winning the title, but they just did that already. Like he defeated Brock Lesnar. Like to me, for him to beat Bray Wyatt, I, it didn't make any sense to me. But I guess they just did it so he could face Roman Reigns for the title at WrestleMania, and they basically robbed the opportunity from Bray Wyatt, which didn't make any sense to me. And <laughs> Bray Wyatt gets. You know, what you call it? He gets he gets squashed yet again. So now it sets up Cena a rematch, a WrestleMania rematch between Cena and um, Cena and uh, Bray Wyatt, which now now Wyatt has the chance to redeem himself. Mm, yeah. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean that's I wasn't expecting that, but. Yeah, it looks like it's gonna be Cena and Wyatt at WrestleMania. I, I thought it would have been uh, Wyatt and uh, uh, Wyatt and um and um I'm forgetting his name now. Um, uh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. There you go. Yeah, that's that was the, gonna be the match. That was the plan the whole time, and then apparently Vince McMahon changed his mind and went with Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a it's an interesting um. 
a WrestleMania matchup. I mean, it is, it is you could it's definitely a WrestleMania dream match. You know, seeing those two guys who you know who do who does the spear battle it out. But the whole you know they the whole switcheroo with the title is just I don't know. Especially with Wyatt, this is Wyatt's second title reign, and he had already had a horrible. Uh, WrestleMania, uh, you know, title reign a few years ago when he won the title um, a few years ago, a few years back at the Elimination Chamber. I mean, this is his this is his chance to, I guess, redeem himself. And uh, apparently yeah. Wyatt went on the internet and was saying that, um, I think it was on Twitter or Instagram, he was basically saying that, you know, it's a, it's a you know, it's a circle. You know, it's a circle like um, he's right where he needs to be. Now he has a chance to, uh, you know, face John Cena and uh, and uh, apparently redeem himself because um, his first when he first came out, I think his first um, his I think his first no, I think it was his second his second um, it was like his first or second WrestleMania he fought um, John Cena. I think his first one was Undertaker. And he fought Cena. I can't. It was one of the two, but basically, him losing to Cena killed all his momentum that first time around, which you know has historically happened with Cena, with a few exceptions of recent history when you know Daniel Bryan and CM Punk defeat you know defeated him, and then Kevin Owens. But prior to that, you know John Cena. When John Cena's in a match, whether it's Wade Barrett or Sheamus, or somebody like that, if he's in a match with you, you might as well just take the L and not complain yeah. about it like, like Wilder did in the <laughs> in the boxing match. Yeah, wow. But, um, yeah, I think, I know this is not WrestleMania predictions time, but as of right now, I think um, Wyatt's going to redeem himself, or it's going to be pointless for him to take two L's to Cena at WrestleMania. Yeah, well, I actually think uh, he might he may win, but you know, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make my prediction until you know, until a month from now or so. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I think uh, White might win that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But a lot can happen from this from now until you know um, April fifth. So yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens. But you have anything you'd like to say? Uh, no, just thanks for having me on the show, and I'll see you guys next week here on Sports Urban Legend. All right, you heard the guy. Uh, check out um, iMac. You know, it's on uh, Podbeam now. Check it out, all new episodes. And uh, check out uh, Sports Urban Legend every Saturdays at um, 11. And, of course, check out uh, Sports Urban Legend TV on YouTube. So, he's Macaulay Matthew. I'm William Ramo, and I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.